Today's episode of Rob Has a Podcast is sponsored by Texture. Texture is the smarter way to do magazines. Instead of paying for all these high-priced magazines on the newsstand and lugging them around or getting a subscription sent to your house, try Texture, which is a app. That allows you to view magazines exactly as you would see them on your smartphone or your tablet. Because whether you're working on your brains, your beauty, or your brawn, there's a ton of great information out there in the world's top magazines. I've got an account on Texture, and I can check out all the different magazines that I enjoy reading, including this one from Newsweek. Genetically modified rice could withstand the ravages of climate change. I know a ton of survivors that might be interested in reading this, plus all of the other great magazines that are out there available to you. Starting at less than $10 a month, Texture offers unlimited access to all your favorite magazines for less than the price of three magazines at the grocery store. You could browse hundreds of magazines and cherry pick the articles that are most interested to you, as well as the Texture editorial team that recommends stories to me on the daily Plus, their curated collections. Let me dive deeper into topics. So sign up for Texture right now and in seconds gain insider access to the very best reads plus exclusive content. And the best part, Texture's offering our RHAP listeners a free trial right now when you go to texture.com slash RHAP. Think about it. You get unrestricted access to the world's best magazines from back issues to the ones on newsstands today. So take advantage of this offer right now and get some serious magazine know-how. Try Texture for free right now when you go to texture.com slash R-H-A-P. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino back here. Welcome to Survivor Week. And we are getting ourselves set for Wednesday night's premiere of Survivor 32, Korong, the 90-minute premiere on CBS. And so today we are going to be introducing one of our new weekly features that we're going to be doing here on the podcast. We got so many requests from people after this man stepped in for Stephen Fishback last season on Survivor Know-It-Alls. After people heard him on the evolution of strategy, people said, we want to get our weekly Wiggler fix. And so that is exactly what this is going to be every week. You will hear from this man. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the great Josh Wiggler. Check it out. Josh. Wiggle, 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 uh, but beyond that, you had you had more than that. You had like fifty one, fifty three, fifty three. That's good. I like those odds. That's, that's that's nice. So we are going to be focusing here in the wiggle room on because Josh, as a writer, of course, Josh does a really great job uh, with everything that he does for Parade dot com, especially uh, considering what he, the kinds of stuff that he put together, the features that he wrote heading into Survivor 31 and all the stuff that he's writing, not just for Survivor, but also for the amazing race that Josh's background is also in scripted TV. And so we felt like covering the story of the season, the characters in the story, maybe even more so than the strategy here was going to be the right tone for the wiggle room. Yeah. So we're putting on our Penneresque fedoras. Yes. We are, we are busting out our magnifying glasses, our, our little spy lenses that I'm sure Joseph Del Campo used during his lengthy career. Yeah. 
and we are going to examine what is going on <laughs> with yeah. the story of Survivor Co. Wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, anyone who, who listened to Rob and I goof off in the evolution of strategy, and those of you who heard us goofing off on know-it-alls last season, I really am. I, I love Survivor so much for the strategy. I love the gameplay. I love that aspect of it. But I don't want the story of the season to get lost. Uh, so I think that this is going to be a really fun spot to track breakout characters, people who are really killing it in that regard, people who maybe are not going to be so memorable. I want to talk about all that stuff with some strategy in there too of course uh but that's that's definitely the big thing that i'm interested in with this season and i think you know looking at the cast i think that we're, we should have a ton to talk about it because it's such a colorful cast and your thing is often that you love the people in the season you are a nail mail that uh-huh. is well documented yeah you, i also loved woo! you're a woo wiggler yeah everybody knows that you're uh an eddie fox fan everybody big, knows big fan of eddie fox <laughs> Love so that guy. there are some people throughout survivor history who are not really known for their strategy, but those are the people that for some reason speak to you. If, yeah. If it's not like it's some big mystery, they're just like lovely people or at least lovely television characters, people that say ridiculous things like I want to win a million dollars so I can open up a dog bar. Uh, how could you not love that? How can that not speak to you? I guess it doesn't speak to you if all you care about in Survivor is who's blindsiding who, who is backstabbing somebody else, who's coming up with this five level master plan. Um, I love all that stuff too, but I also love dog bars. Uh, so, so we're looking, we're looking at the people people here who might be opening up dog bars if they're so lucky to win survivor co wrong i know you're a bar lover i didn't think you were a dog lover also I like cat bars cat, cat bars is probably what i would what i would open right right yeah. a, pizza bars an a rating for yeah. all of the cat bars from the board of health <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> also that i feel like this is probably a good vehicle for any other nonsense that we want to do from time to time where this is just going to be the nonsense bin like anytime you have a nonsense garbage idea you're just going to like <laughs> drop it down into the trash compactor we're going to go down there like luke and han and we're just going to wrestle with it <laughs> yeah what's what's swimming around down here yeah <laughs> i feel something uh-huh. <laughs> And I think that maybe if we do like a whole survivor season where we're mapping out something that might be its own show, but you know, we'll probably do a bunch of crazy stuff along the way here as we cover survivor Co. wrong. Josh, you're also really big in that you rewatch the season multiple times as yes, well, right? I do. You know, I, and while it's on too, like, it's not just like, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that after we did evolution of strategy, I have very little desire to go back and rewatch any of those seasons. Like anything that's come before at this point, I'm sure that I will, I will get back to a place where I will want to revisit, you know, the Marquesa and Africa's of the world. Uh, but I'm not there quite yet. But what I do like to do while a season is on, I like to, I like to rewatch episodes a ton. Uh, I will probably watch a new episode, uh, any, anywhere between, you know, two to maybe four times, uh, before the next new episode comes on because I'm a maniac and I like to do it and I just leave it on in the background while I'm doing other work. Uh, but what I really like to do is usually around like right when we're getting into the merge situation, I like to go back and I like to watch all of the episodes that have aired already and see it in one big chunk to see if we are starting 
starting to get a sense of the arc of some of these people to see who really has a good shot at winning this thing just from like a narrative point of view like whose story is being told and who are the possible main characters and I really really like to do that um, right before the finale that's my favorite time to go back and watch a whole season so yeah I do I do a lot of crazy rewatching that is a thing that I do could we talk about a couple of the interviews that you've done with some of the people behind the scenes with Survivor stuff that you've done for Parade.com and sort of just give us a little bit of a sneak peek of the things that you've written about with this season? Sure, yeah. I mean, I was not on location for Korong. I mean, I was in Cambodia, but that was for Second Chance. Korong had already filmed. Um, there was no press out there for Korong, which is why we're not getting a ton of preseason content, which is a bummer. Uh, I bummer. Would, have loved to, would have loved to have been out there, would have loved to have been able to write the epic Kyle Jason feature. Like, I would have loved to have profiled Tai Trang. That that would have been very fun, uh, but that that was not to be. What I have done is I've gotten a chance to talk to John Kierhofer, the man behind all of the challenges on Survivor. We got to talk a little bit about this opening challenge that we are getting into here in Korong, uh, which is called Wooden Ships. That's going to be the name. Do you like that name? Wooden ships. Wooden ships. Like if somebody was talking about like, do you think that, you know, Aubrey would be the daughter of Cochran and Sophie? Like, oh, I wouldn't ship it. Wouldn't ship it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what they named it after. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's that's it. No, it's named after uh, it's named after Crosby, Stills and Nash song because they like to do their thing where they're naming challenges after classic rock songs. Uh, but Wooden Ships first challenge, first immunity of the season. It basically goes something like this: uh, the three tribes starting out on platforms. There is a boat. You swim to the boat. You swim. You, you choose one person to put on a, a mask to dive down. Release four paddles. Bring the paddles up paddle the boat to shore turn the boat into like a car almost or a cart okay uh you like put you pick up the boat you put it on a platform you attach some wheels to the platform you lug it up a hill you transformer. get to the, yeah it's like a transformer rad trip uh you bring you bring rad trip all the way up to the top of the mountain uh and you have a choice to do one of two things for your final leg of the challenge, which is either uh, you're either going to solve a puzzle or there's some sort of like dexterity test where like you're balancing billiards or something is what Kierhofer said. Balancing um, billiards? What yeah, does that mean? I'm not mean? sure what the mechanics of that are going to be. It's like balancing billiard balls is what he told me. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see what that looks like. But it's he calls it the Hail Mary. Like that's what you do if you think you're behind on time or if the puzzle is just not your thing. That's your move. So it's sort of a little world a party you know it's like okay. it's like the thing that they did in the first challenge of worlds apart sure. where they give people a choice to either you know solve a big puzzle a small puzzle or a medium-sized puzzle so there's a good chance by the end of wednesday night colin stone has a hot tip for anybody yes. going back for a future survivor season yeah well i think that just like the colin stone rule now for anybody who is going to be on survivor is to like study whatever goes unused so if whatever everyone goes decides, unused yeah whatever goes unused <laughs> then you should study that. So if everyone decides to play the billiard game, then pay attention to what that puzzle is because it's coming back. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, but given that there's a brains tribe, you got to assume that at least one of these tribes is going to do the puzzle thing. Uh, that, that, would be, that would be my guess. Then again, brains tribes in survivor history have a, have a track record of not acting up to their reputation. Would it create some sort of paradox in the survivor universe if, let's say, hypothetically... 
that both tribes did the billiard balancing uh-huh. and didn't do the puzzle. And then because the puzzle went unused, they ended up doing it on Survivor 31. But then it would have first appeared in Survivor 31. And then everybody at home would have been like, oh, these idiots. They didn't even study the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. If only they could have gone back in time and reviewed that tape. Yeah. That would have been that would be really nice. Yeah. There, I mean, there is like some sort of this is sort of an unknown element. This is a little bit of a wild card element of how is that going to come into play? Because Korong is airing second, but was filmed first. And how much are we going to see in this season? Things that set up stuff that we ended up seeing in second chance where it's going to feel redundant right. now going into co wrong, but it's actually, it's the original thing here in co wrong. So there is a time travel element in play here. We love it in co wrong, which is going to be, that's going to be fun to try. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing to me because we talk about this two part idol that you could put it together and end up making like one superpower idol. And right. so really I'm of two schools of thought with it. Is it like one did they say, okay, well, let's let Survivor 32 have its own thing. Let's not release this for Survivor 31. Or does the two-part idol turn out to be kind of a bust? And right. they're like, well, let's not use it here in 31 also. Right. Sure, let's just like let it be its own medallion of power here in 32. And let's not, because if it was really great in 32, you could have brought it into 31 too, right? Right. You would think so. I mean, I, I got to talk to Jeff Probst as well ahead of this season. That's another, that's an interview that should be out by the time that this podcast is out. And I kind of asked him about stuff like this. I asked him a little bit about like, what was the origin of the new super idol and the fact that this super idol is kind of like a Voltron thing where you have to take two idols together and combine them. And that's the only way for the super idol to exist. Where did the twist come from? And, you know, he, he was talking about how like, oh, we've got this, this whiteboard with all these ideas on it. And first of all, I would love to see that thing right uh, that that would be really neat uh, but they have you know they have tons of ideas for twists and stuff that they you know don't always roll out or they wait many years to roll out he was saying that this was an idea that had been on the board for a while and his quote is that had this twist been in the second chance season it would have been so easy for the players to figure out how to use it you probably would have seen some high level execution of it this season is different um, so I think what he likes about it at least or at least what he says he likes about it is that this is such, it's such a new idea that putting it in the hands of people who have never played before, they kind of get to set the rules on how an object like this is played. Oh, so they're like the white collar tribe. Right. They make right. the rules. They make the rules. They're going to make the rules. And let's see if anyone in the future blue collars it and follows the rules that are established in this season or if they will no collar it and just break the rules and come up with some new way of using this thing. If this thing ever comes back, if it's successful, which I am skeptical. I am skeptical of how this is going to come together. You'd like to think that because it's being discussed, that because it was an idea that was implemented, that there's going to be some sort of payoff for the thing. But you and I talked about this, Rob, when we did our seven things to know about Korang podcast, which is just like, how is this going to come into play? The odds feel so stacked against anyone coming together and saying, I have one of the idols, you have one of the idols, sweet, let's use this thing together. Yeah, you feel like this could be like the exile alliance of immunity idols. Right. I mean, you got to imagine that there's going to be some sort of payoff, but it's hard to imagine that it will be played exactly as it's been conceived. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know if you've got scenarios that make sense to you for how that's going to come into play, but just going into the season, it's really hard for me to see it. 
As we talked about in the seven things that you need to know about this season, the thing that sort of intrigues me is it sort of implies that there's going to be more idols around if it requires two idols put together to have some sort of superpower in the way that the idols are so scarce in the game. I mean, relatively speaking, it feels like almost unimaginable that this would be played that often. So it almost feels like maybe they're going to sort of like, you know, add some extra idols in there, which might make for some interesting play. But again, uh, we'll see. I'm interested to know about your interview with Jeff. Is there any yes. sort of nuggets that you could give us, like almost 57 nuggets uh, for West Nail, maybe oh, even? How man. many? What are some of the things that Jeff was excited about with this season? Uh, here's, here was something that I was interested in um, was we got to talking a little bit about, you know, some of the people who are out there. He, he gave me a little bit of a preview of some of these players. Joe Del Campo, someone I'm very excited about, someone he's excited about for, for people to meet this guy, 72-year-old hostage negotiator, one of the oldest to ever play the game, same age as Rudy when Rudy played. Very much talking about someone like Julia, who's on the opposite end of the spectrum is one of the very youngest to have ever played. The person I was most interested to get his take on was somebody who, the last time you and I spoke about this man, it it generated some interesting tweets. Beast Mode Cowboy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was curious to get Jeff's take on Beast Mode Cowboy because... I am not a Big Brother guy. This is known. I don't watch the show. The only episode of Big Brother I have ever seen was the finale of the season that apparently Beast Mode Cowboy was on, but I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So I asked Jeff if he could kind of preview what Caleb is going to be like for people who have no idea who Caleb is. And he basically said something to the effect of, you know, CBS was really high on Caleb. We did the Big Brother thing before. It worked out really well. And honestly, I wasn't so excited to have him on the show. Like, I I don't know him. I I don't know Big Brother super well. Wasn't super excited to have Caleb on the show. He says, I was 100% wrong about that. Caleb is awesome, and he is very excited about Caleb on this season. However that shakes out, I don't know, but he is very excited about Caleb being on this season. I kind of feel like that Jeff really loving Caleb is probably one of the most predictable things ever. I mean, (laughs) based on the kind of people, you know, Jeff's reputation, which precedes him of you know, who are the guys that Jeff loves? It's like always, you know, typically like, oh, you know, Jeff loves his alpha males. Right. And now here comes a literally, you know, a guy that calls himself, uh, you know, a cowboy, beast mode cowboy. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, he, he it's, it's not the most surprising thing in the world. But I mean, I, I just have no idea what to expect from this guy, uh, having never seen anything with him in it before. Uh, the only thing I have to go on now are like, you know, his CBS bio, the word of Jeff Probst, uh, and his very limited Twitter interaction with you and I, which was accusational. And I think that he may have thought that I was you. At one that's, point. Fine. that's fine. Good. <laughs> that's fine. That's all I've got to go on. I hope he thinks that you're me if he ever gets really yes. mad. Yeah. Rob Sessonino's Twitter handle is at Round Howard. Yes, that's where that's you direct right. your angry tweets. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's, there, yeah, there's just, you know, it was mostly cast preview and, and things like that. Jeff, like me, also really likes uh, Nick. He's, he's, I think that he, no surprise there. I think that he, he thinks Nick is a dreamboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says he looks like a Kennedy. Yes. <laughs> that's good. I'm down to that. He says he has the best hair of the season. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know I've gotten a lot of mixed reviews on Nick. I feel like almost every other people that I've talked to, which really other than you, I've only spoken to women in previews of the season in Nicole right. and Corinne and Angie, but all of the women that I spoke to in previews, they all despise Nick. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not making any judgments on his personality or anything. <laughs> it's pure looks. I'm, yeah. purely, I'm just objectifying the guy because man specimen uh and i guess some rhap loyalty as well uh but beyond that i mean yeah there's definitely you know a little bit of uh what, what are they called the the, the, du- the douche chills <laughs> you, you do get some of those when you watch his video uh yeah. so we'll see how that manifests on the show was there anything else of note that uh, you could tell us that jeff was talking about with you yeah, I think, you know, he's, he's, he's talking a lot about how, um, you know, I asked him to kind of close the book on Second Chance. Um, you know, what, what did he think of Second Chance? How is he feeling about that season now that it's wrapped? He says it's a top five baby season without a doubt. You know, he says, quote unquote, top five season. And I asked him, how do you, you know, how do you pivot from that? If that's the perception, if you feel that Second Chance was top five baby levels of success, how do you pivot from that to another season of Survivor? Like, that's such a tough act to follow. We've seen that in the past that it can be really difficult to follow up on all-star seasons. Um, and I think that he, he's, he seems very, excited about the season but he's stressing that it's very different um that it's a really really different season that it's going to feel different the cast is very different um he says that like even though both seasons were shot in the same location you would barely know it based on the conditions and it sounds like you know we've been teased that this is the most punishing season in survivor history um he talks about how this is you know going to be the roughest 39 days that anyone has ever faced and that's going to manifest almost immediately it's going to be with Within the first, you know, episode, we're going to start to see shades of that. And he also stresses, you know, the first week or so of the game was incredibly rough in terms of conditions. So I kind of framed it for him as it sounded like, you know, second chance, one of the most strategically complicated seasons we've encountered on Survivor. And this is going to kind of reflect the other aspect of Survivor, which is like the physicality of it. You know, the the idea of like actually going out there and starving and bleeding for the million dollars and that this is going to be kind of the extreme mirror image of second chance he liked that he said that sounds that sounds good to me so i think that that's kind of i think that's kind of what we might be in for at least you know the way that jeff is sort of starting to build this thing and as we've been seeing a lot in commercials is that just like in terms of physical hardship this is you know that's really going to be a strong emphasis this season and that may be your cup of tea or it might not be but i think that that's a big 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 part of what we're getting into and i have no idea how that impacts gameplay if that means that this isn't a great gameplay season or if it's just much harder than it is hardly fought uh but i guess we'll see on that so then in terms of brains versus beauty versus brawn does that mean that we should think that brawn has a real leg up in this season because of just how hard it's going to be physically so you mean in terms of um in terms of being able to withstand pain right um i don't know i mean it seems like there's some real badasses across this you know across these tribes i feel like joe campo i think that he's gonna you know he's gonna take pain like a champ this is a you know former you know federal agent i feel good about that I don't know that Braun is uniquely inclined to be better at 
handling pain. Um, I don't know. I think that a lot of people could be sideswiped. I think it's really interesting. I mean, we know that there's going to be on evacuation, if not multiple evacuations this season. That seems to be a thing that's in the air. And I think that that could strike just about anybody. I don't think that just because the Braun are super strong physical people on paper that they are going to be immune from that kind of thing. It does seem, though, that the carnage of this season is going to be the biggest story that we're going to be following. And because we're here to talk about the ongoing story of Survivor Korong, Josh and I thought it might be fun. (laughs) We started talking about, well, should we do a draft here? And... I just feel like that that's being done a lot right been now. Done. The draft has been done. Yeah. The draft has been done a lot right now in terms of who's going to win, including most recently on reality TV wrap ups, uh, Jordan Parhar and the live feed correspondents. Uh, they did their own draft, uh, which you can check out on the reality TV wrap ups challenge. So Josh and I were trying to figure out what else could we do. And we're talking about, well, maybe is there something else that we can draft? And we came up with what about an injury draft? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is morbid. It's morbid. It's morbid. And we're not rooting for any sort of injuries whatsoever, but we but felt we're kind of trying to get our pla- ourselves into a place where we are going to at least profit from the injuries. Like for instance, when Josh and I cover The Walking Dead on Post Show Recaps, before each season and half season, we will do our <laughs> Walking Dead death draft right. of who are the characters that are going to get picked off. Now, we're not like rooting for like, oh my God, I hope this person dies. So, I mean, right. sometimes to be right on that show, sometimes in, in fairness, but they are fictional characters. But we're just trying to predict, oh, well, who is it? Where is it going? Maybe this person is going to be it. Yeah, I think that it's that person's time. Right. So this is an injury draft, not necessarily a medevac <laughs> draft. Let me explain the rules a, of what a we're med- scoring. A meta draft. Yeah. All right. So in this draft, if the person you take gets medevaced out of the game, that's 10 points. Okay. If the person that you draft gets checked out by medical, but stays in the game, you earn five points as well. Okay. Okay. All right. And then any other injury that does not even require some sort of visit from medical Sort of like, oh, I stepped on coral and now my, my, you know, my foot is bleeding. <laughs> on coral? <laughs> yeah. Carl. Stepping on coral. Yeah. He, somebody heat up the water. So right. that is one point for that okay. injury. Okay. I like it. That's interesting. And we're going to be picking three people a piece, right? That's right. Now, I, I'd like to submit something to you. Yes. What if, you know, this is something that we typically do on our post show recaps death drafts, Rob, is we also pick one person who's like guaranteed safety. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Like someone who is like, that person is fine. They are not going to touch that character. Too important. Cannot possibly be removed from the scene. Yes. Let's pick one of those as well. And it's just the inverse of all of the it. points, the scoring system. I love so like, it. If they're removed from the game, we lose 10 points. If they're checked in on, we lose five. If they get a cut on their finger, we are docked one point. couple of quick things for you. All right. So one, hypothetically speaking, like let's go back to in Survivor fans versus favorites in Micronesia. So Penner yeah. gets injured in an episode. Yes. And then for like an episode or two, it festers. So right. 
do you get a point the episode that he gets injured and then sort of the next episode is like oh look at this i got all this schmutz in there this is not this is not good looking good like do you get another point where we're seeing the injury or it's just like that one injury and then at, then it, at the point that he gets medevaced out of the game is that 10 points so is that like i think the yeah the evacuation is 10 points i think that the fir- the initial injury is going to be a point it sounds to me like you're you're asking should there be schmutz points like should there be like <laughs> Like, no, should there but be like, like, is it like every mention like points for grossness? Yeah. Okay. So what if somebody gets injured in the reward challenge and then sort of by the immunity challenge, they end up taking like hypothetically speaking, let's say back in survivor San Juan del Sur, Missy ended up, she got hurt in the reward challenge. Yes. Medical took a look at her in the immunity challenge. Let's say medical said, okay, Missy, you got to come out. You got to got to come out of the game. No, oh, mom. And so would that have been a point for the initial injury and then 10 points for the evacuation? Um, that's a good question. I think if it's if it's within the same episode, if it's all happening in one hour, I think that you just count the evacuation. Okay. If it's split across multiple episodes, if like Darnell chops off his hand in episode three, but he's sticking it out. He's like, I'm good. I don't need the hand. I can deliver mail with only one. Right. I'm good. <laughs> and then in episode four, he decides, you know what? I probably should get this looked at. Then I think that you've scored for the injury. You've scored five for the medical check. You've scored one for the visible injury. And then in the next episode, you have scored 10 for the back. And also in that same scenario where he cuts off his hand early in the episode and then blows out his ACL later yes. on the episode those are two separate injuries you get separate right. points for that correct okay yes. second question that i had yeah going back to survivor philippines uh-huh. you have a situation like a dana or i guess colton they the doctor did say but it's sort of like where it's nebulous where it's like uh like we're not gonna say that we're pulling you but the person right. says i'm out <laughs> i can't i can't take this anymore i don't want to be here like you could have some sort of like uh if it is say terrible conditions and somebody quits kind of because of the weather and maybe they're not feeling good is that count for points you know it, it's tough because especially in the case of dana it's really it sucks to call that a quit because she was obviously in such great pain so uncomfortable really just could not stay out there but they just couldn't say you have to leave like it's not that dire yet but if they had waited maybe 12 more hours it would have been um hard to call that a quit but it's not technically an evacuation so hmm. i'm not sure what the ruling on the field is okay there. so i would say then by the letter of the law medical came out there was enough of an issue that it required a visit from survivor medical yes and so because of that then she did not get medically evacuated but i guess she gets the five points for the visit from medical she gets the check she gets the point for the check and if she has like a condition that probably counts as a point for an injury right any bonus points for the use of the chopper (laughs) <laughs> yeah if you're if you're taken out in a chopper well i believe in the in the super preview that we have seen of this season it does seem like a chopper might be in play so do we do we want to do we want to assign points to the chopper i feel like it, bonus one bonus point for the chopper not a sort okay, of a big swing point. in terms okay. of this okay. okay style points all right so one josh for get to the chopper okay <laughs> this will be a snake draft once again i will okay. give you the first pick first pick all right this is this is tough 
I don't really know what the what what to how to how to how, how, to, even kick, how to even kick this thing off. I'm like trying to think historically of how people have been medevac yes. in the game like what did it come down to was it was it because you know they were being reckless and they got themselves injured uh is it because you know i know we're not really talking about mike scooping right now but it's like just a freak accident <laughs> so i think that we we want to talk about just to start it off i want to hedge my bets and come up with a guy that i feel like is going well, hold to hold on before you say this let me just yes. talk this through because i think it's an interesting discussion point of yes with these medical evacuations, are we looking along the lines of, boy, who are the people who won't be able to hack it out there? Will right. they be the people who are medically evacuated in this toughest season ever? Or will it be the complete opposite? Exactly. Will, will it be the people who are trying to do too much, say the Russell Swans of the world? Right. The people who are taking... We're just pushing themselves beyond the brink. Right. The people that are sort of like, are we looking at our big guys who are going to be sort of ending up overexerting themselves and getting hurt in challenges or around camp? Or will it be people who just can't hack it in the conditions who then have to get evacuated? I think it's I think you could go either way and it's a well-reasoned argument in both directions. For my first pick, I'm going to lean on one of the people who I think will be a workhorse someone who I think is going to exhaust themselves, someone who I think could rack up some points just in the visible injury department, potentially because of how hard this person is working. And I hate to do it, but it's, you know, because I love this guy already. I'm a big fan just in the pregame. It's like my, my number one person. I'm, you know, I'm team Corinne on this one. But I am worried for Joseph Del Campo. Joey Amazing. You know, the you know, elder statesman of the season, 72 years old, and this is supposed to be the roughest season ever. I, I want to think that he's going to be able to endure it because he is, you know, such a, such a Joey badass, it seems like. But I think that just the safe number one pick is probably the 72-year-old man on the hardest season of Survivor. Mm. Yeah, so, it's a good pick. I think that's yeah. the consensus number one pick. He's the Mike Trout of this draft. <laughs> Didn't I say that once? Yeah. That sounds right. Sure. That's a, that's a great pick, the uh, JDC. But I mean, like, even you and I have talked about JDC in terms of like, oh, man, I'm worried, I'm worried for that guy. Like, you have, you have expressed concern. No, I think he's got a couple things going for him. One is his age, which he has, is in fantastic shape for a 72-year-old, but he is 72 years old nonetheless. And also, you have the overexertion thing. Is he going to rustle swan it out there of say, like, you know, I'm going to like get all the wood, I'm going to be out there right. in the rain. Is he going to be able to sort of just chillax a little bit out there? So we will see. I don't know if chillaxing is in JDC's vocab. So now I got two picks back-to-back here. I have the number two pick and the number three pick. I think I'm going to go one and one here. I think I'm going to sort of hedge my bets. Yeah. All right. Number one, I'm going to go with somebody who I think could be in the overexertion category. Somebody who I think maybe... Uh, could be dealing with some pre-existing injuries, which may become exacerbated by the survivor conditions. Uh, we saw back in Survivor Philippines that Jeff Kent, professional athlete, almost blew out his ACL on day one, jumping out of the boat. I wonder if for 611 Scott Pollard, if yeah. maybe the injury bug could be looming. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of body to hurt, mm-hmm. you know? Big target a, out there. A lot of meat on that man. So, yeah, you could see it. You could see just like a renegade piece of shrapnel just hitting that guy in a challenge. That could happen. You could see him, you know, getting some sort of horrible splinter in the shelter because there's just so much of him to touch the shelter. I could see it. I could see Scott Pollard being in trouble. Okay. Out there. So give me Scott Pollard. I okay. think that he's somebody that I'd like to have on my team. And then in terms of another injury person, I'm sort of torn. I want to go like one man and one woman. And I'm going to go with, give me Sydney. Again, Sydney. I'm picking people that are bigger because I feel like that they're more likely to be exerting themselves and somehow getting hurt as well. And also she's talking about the branch chain amino acids. Like seems like that she's like really putting a lot of like nice things into her body, things that are really helpful. And then when you sort of like pull the plug on that stuff, who knows what's liable to happen. So are you telling me you don't think that Sydney can wait for it? Weather the storm. (laughs) Oh, how about that? Yeah. That's what you're getting here in the wiggle room. That's right. Great jokes like that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that, listen, I think that you might rack up some points just in like the injury department. Like I see her working hard around camp and, you know, cutting hands and doing stuff like that. Uh, I could, I could see Sydney being in, in a little bit of a spot of bother here. Right. I think that's a good point in terms right. of the people who are just going to be like sitting in the shelter. I guess, ironically, you would call them in modern day survivor, the beach people, but uh, uh-huh. like hard to get injured in that way. Hard to get injured in that way. All right. So I've got my final two picks, not counting immunity. And I think I'm going to, you know, I've got, I've got a brain on here. I would like a brawn and a beauty. So that's the direction that I'm going in. Um, I'll start with my beauty pick. I've got the oldest person in the game. Let me take the youngest person in the game. Let me take Julia. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm taking Julia. I just feel like, you know, is it the lack of experience thing? Maybe it's a little bit of that. I could see, you know, I could just see her, you know, having a hard time weathering the, uh, the, she could have a hard time weathering the storm, you know, or I think the Rebecca is, or the Rebecca. <laughs> I think that she could have a really hard time out there just being somebody who is, you know, lower on life experience than the rest of these people out there. I could see her getting into some trouble. So I will take Julia as my second pick. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Julia is going to be running in any trouble out there? I mean, it's hard to see her overexerting herself and getting hurt, but you certainly could see a scenario where the conditions are so brutal and uh, just you could imagine her much like your girl Jeffra having the survivor nightmare out there. Right. In the survivor nightmare. <laughs> in the worst of it. Yeah. So. You never know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think Julia, she's she's going to be my next pick. And then my final pick in terms of who I think could suffer some injuries. This is a guy who I feel like I will get a lot of one points on. Uh I will take a Braun and I will take I will take the man who is going to finish what Russell Hans started. I will take Kyle Jason. Kyle Jason strikes me as a guy who is going to be a beast at camp a beast in challenges is going to throw himself into harm's way. He talks about it a lot in his video where like, I don't really plan. I kind of just do things, uh, you know, sort of like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I could see, and I'm also worried about the ears. Yeah. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about like something bad happening. Get caught to, on something. Yeah. Like that really scares me. That, that gives me, that really raises my stress level. <laughs> uh, so I am nervous about that. I hope nothing happens to any of these people. I want all of these people to be 
okay. We know that that's not going to be the case. I am concerned for Kyle Jason. I think that he will ultimately be fine in terms of life. And he, of all these people on this list, is one of those people that I do think could withstand some pain better than most. But I feel like pain is headed Kyle Jason's way. And frankly, it might just fuel his fire. It might. I think they're going to have a hard time pulling him out of this game. Exactly. I, I do. I do think so. <laughs> but he could have a lot of checkups. Yeah, he could have a lot of checkups. Yeah. So definitely could be somebody who exerts himself and uh, racks up the injuries along the way. All right. So it comes back now around to me for the final pick in round three here of the draft. And I will round out my team with somebody from the beauty tribe. This is a man who is already telling us that he is going to be for the amusement of people trying to hurt himself. Maybe <laughs> he could like a uh, judo chop himself in the face or oh, a roundhouse kick that goes around Howard house, kick. Yeah, around Howard house kick that goes wrong. So give me the beast mode cowboy. All right. Beast mode cowboy. He seems like, I mean, again, you have to give me the four one one on this guy based on what you know of him from reality TV, but he just strikes me as the guy who is going to push really, really, really hard. And that could spell disaster on this. season. Yeah. It's hard to really tell in big brother because we don't get the same kind of challenges on big brother, you know, and we may have like in the worst of the endurance challenges on big brother where it's like, okay, you know, you're outside and you're sort of just like, holding on to a rope for five or six hours. You could see yourself pushed to that level, but rarely on Big Brother are we seeing somebody have to really find that next gear in terms of like they're injured and fighting through that sort of pain. Again, you know, you do have these little endurance contests from time to time but i think that survivor is another animal and so i think that beast mode cowboy again you get the two things there with him where he could just be trying to prove that he's the hardest worker at the camp and getting hurt he could be sort of in one of the challenges ending up getting hurt in some way trying to tackle somebody or getting tackled so i think that there is somebody who could potentially be another threat to go out of the game now does it count as an injury if his cowboy hat like burns in the fire, <laughs> no. like if he loses his hat during a storm or if it falls into a fire or if someone seals it and buries it, is that an injury? You're just trying to rack up points because you already took Kylo Jason and he said he's going to start. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you out. It wouldn't be points for me. Oh, it should be points the, for the you. The person who's stealing the stuff or burning the stuff should get the points. Okay, got it. So if somebody inflicts injury. <laughs> no, no. I don't know that we want to encourage that kind of behavior. No, we have no Ben Brownings in this draft. Yeah, no Ben Brownings. Okay, um, so now, that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. We're looking for our invincible person. Yeah. So we're trying to find Mr. Glass and Mrs. Glass in round one. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, yeah. in the second part of this draft, we're looking for our one person who will yeah. be, hopefully, bulletproof. Invincible. Who is unbreakable. <laughs> Breakable. Yeah. Unbreakable. Okay. <laughs> so, I should get the first pick here. You had the first pick overall. Yes. All right. I'm going to go with a woman who I believe nothing <laughs> can hurt. Give me the woman in the tiger. <laughs> give me the woman in the tiger swimsuit. Yeah. Debbie Wanner. Oh man. That's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, listen, she's, she's got so much training. She's got so much life experience. Nothing that anyone can throw her way is going to knock her out. And if anyone's going to try, they have to go through the tiger first. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's intimidating. I think Mother Nature is going to back down in the face of that thing. Good luck. 
Good luck yeah. trying to injure Debbie, Mother Nature. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good point. Yeah. The, the wrong fight. She's got the blessing of Nicole Stradamus on her side. Yeah. <laughs> she's got that she's got that going for her and really she just has a great defensive game with the tiger <laughs> yeah all right 11 people left for you to pick from who do you feel like is unbreakable this season i have no idea i mean like everyone is potentially super breakable you know every everyone is mortal everyone could could be could be knocked out by this thing so i guess i will rather than trying to guess like who is going to be invincible I'm just going to throw a wish out into the universe. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to beg and plead for the survivor gods not to evacuate this person, not to harm this person. This person needs to stick around as long as humanly possible because they are a great character already. Easily the internet's fan favorite at this point. Love this guy so much. I already have Joe Del Campo, who is like my one or one or two favorite person on here. Let me take my other favorite person out here so far. Let me get Ty Trang. Ty Trang. And let me give immunity to Ty Trang. I hope nothing bad happens to any of these people, but if Ty Trang is hurt, it's going to break my heart. I don't want to see it. Um, so it's, it's not a prediction it's more i'm trying to give some sort of wiggle immunity to this guy yeah ty trang i feel like that things should go well for him in terms of holding up in the storms but and the rebecca could go wrong yeah. it could go wrong <laughs> good it could so all right so i think that's a good pick also he was he's, definitely he's a, on my board he's a smaller guy you worry about that for like the opposite reason as scott like you feel like fragile like it could be a fragile situation with ty and he's hanging out in a lot of trees and you really do want him to get down from there josh this wednesday 90 minute premiere very exciting is there anything else of note that you are very excited for seeing how it's going to play out this season well well no but let let me let me tell you this so you know as you noted i i report on survivor i cover it for parade.com i'm a i'm a reporter by trade it's it's what i do um i like to dig around for scoops where i can get them get the exclusives where i can and Rob, this is a cool thing. I actually brought an exclusive Survivor Korong thing to the Wiggle Room for the first one. I want to kick this thing off inside. All right, hold on. So we have some breaking news here from Josh Wiggler. Breaking news are happening now. All right, Josh Wiggler has a Wiggle Room exclusive. This is a Wiggle Room exclusive. I've been working really hard on this. I've been working overtime on landing this thing. I have been in touch with one of the great alumni of Survivor. I've been corresponding with this person back and forth uh, on email. Uh, at first, it started off, I, I was congratulating him on his placement in the Survivor Hall of Fame recently. Uh, I'm talking about Coach Ben Wade. Yes. Um, Coach, who, who was just initiated into the, into the Survivor Hall of Fame, Xfinity Survivor Hall of Fame by Gordon Holmes. Very exciting stuff for him. And I was curious because he had said that he's, you know, he's still going to be called coach, but he's basically, you know, he's minimizing the coaching aspect of his career. You heard this. I did not hear this. Yeah, no, he's, he's starting to, you know, he's still going to be coach. He'll still coach, you know, like his local sports team. Like he's still got the local girls soccer team. Well, what will people do, call him? He will still be called coach. Okay. You're not going to call him Benjamin. No. Do not call him Benjamin. Do not. I, I would, I would not dare. Uh, but he is also going to be focusing more on his other passion. You know, he is a, a conductor at a symphony, as you, as you well know. Um, well, he is, he, he told me we've been talking a lot that he has been working on an album, believe it or not. Okay. He's been, he's been working on his music career and he's thinking of a little bit of rebranding like he still wants to be called coach but he wants to be something more and so he sent me this he said that we could play this he he wrote me in the email he said do play this in your first episode of the survivor wiggle room he said play this 
very awesome two-minute exclusive clip, all right? Okay. From the first song off his new album, Unleash the Dragon Slayer. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this, is, this is big. This is a really big deal. This is from Siskoach, the Korong song. <laughs> this thing right here is letting all the bays and brochachos know what Survivor fans are talking about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Survivor 32 so scandalous that you know another Lindsay couldn't handle it. Brains, beauty, and brawn is what's the ish. How it's holes in his ears that are super big. Peter looks just like Barack. Check out Beast Mode Speed and connect the dots. And that old man who looks like your pops. It's former agent Joseph Del Campo. Darnell rides puzzle trucks. Trucks, trucks. Jen knows Jonas. What, what? Nikki, move your butt. Butt, butt. Now once you move it again, Neil has a nice good truck, truck, truck. Seriously, Nick, what's up? On Corong, we will meet Tytron. What could go wrong, go wrong, wrong, wrong? Brain's got a video. Nicky makes money go. It's freaking freaking show. Go wrong, go wrong, wrong, wrong. Dibs in the soup so scandalous And you know Josh Wiggler couldn't handle it That line on her torso's ferocious Nicole picked her so she will win Be its last name's bag and sauce Michelle and Aubrey like Harry Potts Jodel Campo hails from Florida So he's living the Vida Boca Even he's filled like a truck, truck, truck Julia is so young And a kid loves that royal flush Poker's her favorite game Joel's nickname is Truck, Truck, Truck That's the wrong season, I messed up This one come you are on Corong. Get evacuated out. What could go wrong, 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 wrong? At least another person on the show. And Nicky make it pretty go. Go wrong, 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 wrong. Brains wrong. You need and Nicky. Go wrong, 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 wrong. Said I like the way Nick moves his thing. And we can just start like tuning out around here because I got to listen to the rest of the song and coach like me is just objectifying Nick shamelessly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Siskoach has a real Nick crush as well. But there you have it. Korong song by Siskoach. And the high parts were Courtney Yates and the low parts were JT Thomas. Oh, so it was a reunion the of the dragons. Yeah. The dragons got back together for Unleash the Dragon Slayer. Wow. It's pretty good, right? Wow, I yeah, can't so no, believe it. What a no, great job by Syscoach. <laughs> yeah, no no idea when that is officially dropping, but that's your first I think tease Coachella. I think they were doing it. Coachella yeah. is when it's coming Cisco up. Yeah. Coachella. Yeah, Syscoachella. So yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And uh yeah, I was really impressed with this stuff. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Yeah. He's you know, he's got he's got a lot of hot takes on Survivor. Talented musician. Yeah, very good stuff. <laughs> very, very good. All right. Well, coach is pumped up. I'm pumped up. You're pumped up. I think the hashtag here has to be uh, Syscoach. All right, let's do that. Syscoach is good. Okay. I'm down with that. Tell Syscoach that uh, he's uh, really uh, put even shut up Tim to shame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think something about shame, 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 shame is what I would throw towards towards this coach but you know i'm glad that he's shameless yes it's All good right. forever <laughs> so this should be very fun we're gonna try to get this podcast up for you guys on mondays and then on my podcast with david bloomberg about why so and so lost every week not so kim why such and such 
lost each week uh that's gonna I mean, be that being said i would love like the deep dive into why so kim lost <laughs> as like an audiobook retroactively like a, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you know a 40 hour audiobook and that would be good right that's gonna be on tuesdays and that's gonna get you set up for the know-it-alls coming each wednesday and then hopefully we'll hear from david after we get to the first person out of the season so a lot of stuff going on of course you could follow josh on twitter he's at round howard and he has you can check out his jeff probst interview his john kierhofer interview josh was also on location for the amazing race this season yeah anything you want to drop on us about that no i mean i was only there for the first leg of the race which was in mexico city so all inside info that i have is no longer uh relevant you know (laughs) everything i had is gone but i did write about that a little bit it was really fun i'm not nearly as much of an amazing race guy as i am a survivor guy but that was almost kind of cool to just sort of have an unromantic look at how this show gets made and i'm really impressed with how they put that thing together it's a really hard show to make so i i walked away from that really impressed with phil's work ethic and just the entire team so excited to see what the rest of that season brings i thought it was a fun premiere check that all out on parade.com of course you could also hear josh on post show recaps where we are talking about all sorts of scripted tv josh this past weekend in addition to covering the walking dead premiere can you talk to me about what you did with ghostbusters 2 yeah well it's currently as we are recording this it is valentine's day so happy valentine's Valentine's day Day. um but you know it's supposed to be according to ghostbusters 2 today is supposed to be the end of the world february 14th 2016 it is 6 17 p.m on the east coast as we are recording this so far knock on wood we're okay we're alive uh but in the event of apocalypse my wife emily fox and i recorded a little podcast about ghostbusters 2 so if you're looking for a little bit of goofy romance slash survival tips uh that's the one to listen to don't take the survival tips too seriously basically do the opposite of anything i tell you yeah the irony of if the world actually did end while we were recording this podcast where we were doing a draft of who's going to get yes. medevac <laughs> the answer was us the whole time oh my right. god oh my god i mean we talked about unbreakable but that's like a true m night Shyamalan twist what a twist it was uh, us the whole time also on our weekly scripted tv podcast over on poster recap most shows recap uh we talked to our good buddy bryce isaiah this past weekend as well about how to get away with murder not the actual topic but the show on abc show. which josh yeah, yeah. is also a big fan of yeah, no, Bryce was hilarious. Bryce really brought it. Uh, the freakiest freak of the week came out in full force. Purple Pants Badass was on display. That's a really fun show if you liked How to Get Away with Murder. Or even if you don't, you just want to hear Bryce talk about TV. I had a really good time talking. Of course, you could hear Bryce this week. He's going to be my first voicemail guest of the season to kick off Survivor Call Wrong. So, so much going on this week. So happy you guys are here. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes or search for Rob Has a Podcast in your favorite podcatcher or with the Rob Has a Podcast app for iOS or Android at robhasawebsite.com slash app. Josh, anything else? No, that's it. Cannot wait for Wednesday night. Survivor season is almost back in full swing, and it's going to be very, very fun. All right. Looking forward to the wiggle room all season long and your comments on robberswebsite.com. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye.